too gross, you can cut this. Maybe I'm the dry dirt and Dwight's the water. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Hello and welcome to No Refunds. My name is Dwight and joining me this week is... Alex. And... Poop McFarts, a.k.a. Tiffany. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so this this is our Halloween movie spooktaculathon. And something that's really cool about this week, um, this episode, is so for some of the movies that we watched, uh, we were actually able to... Uh, we've been kind of expanding our guest pool in a way, and some of the movies that we watched, we were we managed to get one of the actors and co-director to actually come on the show. So if you look in the in the in the the list of movies um, right now, just pick one of them and 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 hope and pray and guess which 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 movie it's for. And let me introduce Billy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Billy. Hi, Billy. Hello. How are Hello. you? Billy. I'm well, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming back. You are, um, I think you're our first repeat guest in this whole quarantine lockdown situation. Yeah. So ah. it's, it's wonderful our, to have you back. What, what I'm calling our quarantine season. <laughs> That's not a bad way of putting it. Um, it's also our best season because we're actually oh, yeah. putting stuff out. Um, Easily. Which is impressive. Uh, so yeah, uh, so we watched some spooky movies this time around, and um, uh, Billy, well, Alex and Billy, why don't you guys go over why um, Billy's here and uh, and what the the origin of this whole uh, endeavor was? As many of the people that listen to this podcast slash my friends know, I um, I use this uh, social media website called Letterboxd, and I. I'm friends with Billy on there. I'm friends with other people that have been on the podcast, like Jess and Kyle and Cowie, who hasn't been on the podcast, but <laughs> basically has. Um, I've, I'm friends with like all of my real life friends on there. And I had seen that Billy was watching a lot of horror movies in October. And I was like, oh, Billy, I think we're going to be doing a horror movie episode coming up. We should have you on. And he was like, I'm fine with that, but here is the stipulation. Like, I'm going to make a request. And I was like, we've never had somebody make a request before coming on the podcast. And he goes, my request is you guys would have to watch one, one of. He only said one of, but we watched three. So he said you would have to watch one of my short films that I made uh, back in, you know, I don't know, six years ago, seven years ago. It was like 2015, right? 2014, 15? Uh, 2013, 2014, I think. Oh, my ass. Um, and I was like, yeah, I think I can, I think I can swing that with the, uh, with the Dwight and the Tiffany. So I, I like pitched it to you guys and you guys were like, yeah, let's do it. And now Billy's here. So that's how this episode came to be. Fantastic. So, Billy, would you like to maybe go over? So, do you know the three that we watched? 
Are you, are you familiar? Uh, are you familiar with yeah, them? Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with them. Um, <laughs> so, so it wasn't quite a stipulation. I just said, hey, I think it would be really funny if you guys watched one of my movies because I, I, I know how low quality they are. So, I mean, I thought it would be really funny. And it's something that people often bring up because they know about my background doing um, stage stage work and they know that I've done a few movies. Unfortunately, the ones that are better, you can't find on YouTube. So the, uh, the, the ones that are on YouTube are some of the shorter, more uh, goofy ones that, that I've been involved in and, and that's how it came about. So let's say experimental. Uh, you guys watched uh, three fun ones. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Uh, he demanded. He said, "If you guys don't watch these, I'm never coming back on your podcast." I also said, "You weren't my friends." So. Yes, wow. he did say that. Well, that's yep. the key right there. So we yep. want to be your friend. So yes, we will that's watch right. whatever you want. We actually watched four. Um, yes, four. Yeah. We we did watch um, Insta Buddy, which yep. you oh. didn't <laughs> share, you didn't share that one with me, but I found it and I was like let's watch this because it was two and a half minutes and that is two and a half quality minutes right there. <laughs> that one is supposed to be an infomercial. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's an infomercial. It's a part of a series, which I, I watched. I found some of the other infomercials in that series and I watched those too. They were very cute. They were, they were very funny. Um, so speaking of cute, uh, the first movie that we watched that you were in had um, a tiny little co-star. And I think for this one, you definitely had a much smaller part. Um, yep. So why don't we go ahead and start with, what's it called? Uh, something about a gnome? Uh, a gnome called a gnome named Juan, a, I think is the a name A gnome of it. called Juan. So Billy, could you explain to, or, or no, all the three of us, one of us should do it. Um, Tiffany. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm gonna, this one's the easiest. The I'm going to give it to Tiffany because she hates explaining things. So, okay. Tiffany, can you explain a gnome called Juan to us um, all? There uh, is a woman going through a breakup, um, and instead of dealing with said breakup in a responsible adult manner, she um, hires or purchases uh, a lawn gnome <laughs> to... Uh, to basically curse her ex-boyfriend um, for all eternity. Mm. That's kind of it in a nutshell. That that is it. No, that that's yeah, that, that was it. it. That in was a nutshell. A, that is it. That was a perfect description. I very much appreciated it. So, Billy, um, what? How how did you get involved with this project, and why? I had recent recently been taking a break from doing stage work, um, but very much felt like I needed some kind of creative outlet. So I had reached out to a couple of my friends in the theater world um, and said, hey, I kind of I want to try film. How do I how do I how do I film? Like, how do I do this? And they're like, oh, well, well, I've got a friend who's a writer. I'll, I'll have him contact you. And it turns out this writer friend of his wanted to also direct his own stuff. So he was like, "Hey, um, actually, I'm 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 filming this this short this short movie that I wrote, and I'm looking for someone to play Joey. I think that may have been the character's yeah, name. Yeah, I think the character's name is Joe. I think that's yeah. right. Uh, yeah, I need someone to play Joe. It's really quick. You know, you'll be able to get like sink your teeth into it. And I went, all right, all right, yeah. So I, I went and uh, 
that was the start of stardom, obviously. Yeah. Before we get too far, and I will edit this out if the answer is uh, is something you want. Um, how much are we allowed to be critical about these movies? Uh, you can be as critical as you want. It's, it's... Do you still like the person who made them with you? Because Tiffany, I think, has some explicit words for them. Yeah. Uh, I haven't spoken to him in a number of years. Okay. Uh, um, so I don't have any real relationship. I, I don't have any ill feelings or anything. Let, let, Very let's, burn some, <laughs> let's burn some fucking bridges, man. Um, so I... I Way to throw me under the bus. I mean, to be I fair, was gonna, I was gonna keep that shit under wraps. <laughs> to be That's fair, really nice. Um, none of these movies are good. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just, I'm gonna throw that out there. Each movie has something to like about it, but I would say none of them are good. Um, I, I enjoyed a lot of them. <laughs> I enjoyed every single one of them from a conceptual standpoint, mm-hmm. especially, okay. yeah. but. There were, uh, it was fun watching the progress of them because I, I, from what I saw, and I'm talking in like a broader sense it right now, and I feel like I shouldn't be, but from what I saw, like it was the same crew and same cast for like everything, so it was fun watch, watching the growth in each movie. They got a lot and, better as they went and, on, and like, I absolutely. Think Dwight and Tiffany can speak more to that because I'm not really a uh, filmmaker; I'm just a critic. Um, <laughs> A very harsh critic, as some people have told me, but a gnome named Juan, your role in it was the one that made me laugh the hardest <laughs> out of out of anything from any of the movies. Your role in really? that was just so fucking funny and out of nowhere for me. It your role in in a gnome called Juan really sets up the world building of the of um what's going on because it's very clear that these curses are a common occurrence, um, right. which is actually fascinating to me because it it uh makes you just wonder like what else goes on in this world. I, I really appreciated that. Your your part was also my favorite part in a gnome called Juan, and not just because um we know you. Oh my my reason is because I know him. That's it's fair. I, I have some questions um, for a gnome called Juan. I, I wrote down a few okay. for all of them. Um, so, so in your First scene... All, how dare you? Yes, that's a good question. <laughs> how dare you? That's that's the correct first question. So in your scene, you have a Band-Aid on your arm. Uh, what happened? Wow. Uh, that, that, it was like right here. It was like right by your elbow. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe that uh, that's what you notice and that's what you're going to ask about. So um, at that time, I was working at a rehabilitation hospital, um, and I specifically worked with clients who were uh, 14 to 18 years old and had um, aggressive disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my clients uh, bit me and like tore a chunk out of my arm. Well, that's so a lot that more was... depressing than I, of an answer. Than I was <laughs> that was, that's what that was for. I was expecting a depressing answer because I know Billy, <laughs> but I never expected that question. What a question. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So what was the creative impetus behind the page turn um, transitions? Uh, were, you, were, you, were they specifically trying to pay homage to anything or was it just a stylistic choice? I had no, I have no idea what the... Uh, um, 
the style was. I literally had nothing to do with this movie except for the one day that I spent on set sitting in that chair. <laughs> well, that was actually another question I was going to ask was how long were you on this shoot and how long was the shoot overall? Because um, Tiffany and I have made some movies in the past, um, specifically mm -hmm. for like five-day film festivals and 72-hour mm -hmm. film festivals. And this had a right. very... Yeah, exactly. Um, this had a very 72-hour, 48-hour film festival vibe to it. So I don't know if it was made yeah. under that type of a guise or if it was just like, hey, we got everyone. We have like a weekend. Let's go. Yeah, it was... It was um, from my understanding, it was one weekend. Uh, my part was maybe three hours um give or take however long it took to set up um uh, is that look surprised at how long or how short i don't well, uh, that's a, that's a, well in my experience with this stuff and even as a teacher like it always takes so much longer to do that stuff yep. than you think so i'm i'm bugging my eyes out like really your part took three hours but that sounds about right it really yeah. does uh, there were a lot of uh, background noises and stuff yeah. that kept happening. There was a dog that was in this house. Oh, geez. Which, which the dog was was really really well behaved, but it was all it was like a hardwood floor, and this dog must have had the longest nails in the world. And uh, the mics picked up all the as the dog would run around. So um, yeah, it was, there was just a lot of stuff going Very on. Very fair. Um, so I, I I think I counted three different setups for you if i'm not mistaken there was a wide shot with the two of you a one mm -hmm. shot of you walking in and then a close-up of you for two lines um that was the the insert shots that they decided to go with um so yep. are those the setup that you were talking about specifically yep yep okay makes sense cool and um so you only had the one scene which is i think a travesty because you were the best part of it um i assume that you impressed the director so much that he then gave you starring roles in the later couple of ones namely the fourth teaspoon which was the second one that we watched <laughs> yes yeah i guess uh, uh so i i will i will do the setup for the fourth teaspoon plot i guess oh no uh, <laughs> so the fourth teaspoon is a cold war um spoof about a kgb cook that comes to america to kill an american cook because that american cook has hidden information from <laughs> um kgb culinary school question mark and he wants to keep the secret which the secret is literally the title of the movie <laughs> It's, it's a, that's 100% correct. That is exactly what it was about. Um, so I have a theory about this one, Billy, um, uh, yep. because I believe you are credited as the co-director for this movie. Right. Um, now, was that because uh, you took over some scenes when the other guy couldn't make it? Or nope. did you just uh, like you had a passion for this and you wanted to, to, to get that out there? Nope. Nope. Did, so did were you the co-director of this movie? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, nope. Well, you're I was IMDb. just an actor. Oh, okay. Because because you were credited as a co-director, I was convinced that you were the person who handled um all of your like individual scenes, specifically like the one at um the mailbox and the one um with you like 
the I think there was like a portion a portion outside towards the end when you were reacting mm-hmm. to the fight. Those were the two that I was like, Billy did those because those shots looked the best. And that was just my assumption that you had a more of a hand in it, just based off of what we saw in a gnome called Juan. Um right. and that it almost looked like those shots specifically were done with a different camera. And mm-hmm. they were uh, just because like the, the, the bokeh for the background was so defined and um, it just looked a little bit more stylistic with like the camera movements and all that. Am I far off or? Uh, you're not, you're not too far off. Um, the only thing that is far off is that I had anything to do with it. Um, <laughs> the only thing, the only thing that I did, um, I, I may have given ideas about my own acting and what I could do. Um from that from that aspect but as for the actual creative and how they took the shots i had nothing to do with that um for this one though he did uh the director did get an assistant director um who got who is the one that ended up getting the second camera and kind of started to um add kind of his own touches to it and i think that's what you're referring to is you're you're referring to um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there was definitely a, a, a you could tell that it was shot with with two different cameras just because like there would be suddenly like such a big change in the quality. It, it looks like some of it that was shot at night wasn't um adequately lit because it was just like super high ISO, like the grain was like, you know, rice sized. It was huge. Um mm-hmm. but I, I I overall enjoyed this one. It was definitely clearly the most intentionally comedic um of yeah. all, of all three. Tiffany, what do you what do you think of uh, of the, of the four of the fourth teaspoon? I I'm not gonna lie, I'm really biting my tongue on these, so I'm gonna I'm gonna abstain as much as possible because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Nothing to do with Billy. It's just from a filmmaking teaching standpoint. I was just I have so many issues, <laughs> so I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna abstain. <laughs> I want to hurt everyone's feelings, so I'll just I'll just say that um, uh, the guy that played I, I want to say his name was Ivan, which sounds mm-hmm. wrong. Yep. was was amazing. <laughs> I loved him, and I love that he played like bit roles in pretty much everything that we watched, except for I don't remember him in the first one. Oh no no no, he was the the lead. Yeah, he was the, the lead in Gnome Called Juan. But then he was a bit role in everything moving forward. And I loved him when he was the bit roles. Like as mm-hmm. Ivan. Ivan, I, I want to say yeah. that's Ivan. K- KGB man. And then in the next one, he's like a vampire. And then the, in Insta Buddy, he's the guy that needs an Insta Buddy because he has no friends. And I believe he also wrote and directed that, yep. which I I was super into. I fell in love with that guy. Um and the girl who plays the assassin lady in this was great as well. I really liked her. But he, once again, you were the best part of the movie because you're the best part of everything. So I had I had a really hard time. Uh, this one was easier because, um, like like Dwight said, it was more comedic, and I just feel more comfortable playing uh, comedic parts than love interests and serious things. Now, playing a jokester with a sock monkey on his on his shoulder that was fine mm-hmm. but this was like I, I got to like throw myself around and stuff i struggle on camera with uh that's kind it. of controlling that... my <laughs> i was gonna <laughs> yeah. say that's it that's the sentence i struggle on camera wow <laughs> and, I... and 
I, I struggle on camera because I'm used to being a stage actor and uh, overreacting to everything. Well, so that's one hundred percent it. Like, like stage acting is so different from camera acting because on on stage acting you have to overdo everything so that way it reads to the back audience. You're playing to the to the back of the room, but on mm-hmm. camera, every little subtle thing of your face is picked up, and you you don't have to go big with it. But it's hard to mm-hmm. to swap between those two. Yeah, I just didn't. So uh, <laughs> it's fair. I, 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 that's that. <laughs> I, do, I do have some more questions about this one specifically. So the audio okay. for the majority of it sounds like it's underwater. Um, and yeah. what I am assuming is uh, you didn't do any sort of ADR for it. It's just they like because it, there's one scene, one shot where you're walking up to the house and it is windy as shit. And so I just mm-hmm. assume that the microphone did not have any sort of wind protection and they had to fix all of that in post and just compress the fuck out of it. Is that what right. happened? Yep. So um, we didn't end up with a sound guy until the next movie. So um, that makes and that sense. Was- exactly why <laughs> very fair um and so you also shot some uh okay i guess i'm just gonna say this one as like so what was up with the green screen shot <laughs> there's a there's a shot do you know what i'm talking uh, about the, 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 the fight yeah no no no. The, uh, well yeah the, the fight, fight. The, the muffin when he's throwing them at you and then all of a sudden you're on your back on a green screen. What? Yeah, um, yeah. So how? how you were like where? Doing a neo thing. That's what it was supposed screen. to be. Yeah. So, but like, it, well, my favorite part about it was you look so like unsure of what's going on in the shot. You like, you look almost like nervous <laughs> that like you're going to like fall off of the the box that you're on. Um, uh, it was no, very I ambitious. I wasn't nervous about. <laughs> I wasn't nervous about the box. Um, so uh, during that screen, they're they're throwing like cupcakes or muffins like over me at each other Mm -hmm. and uh right before the take that they took uh felicia who was the 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 um woman uh agent on the good guy side pegged me in the face with one of those muffins and they were rock hard oh oh and i was just like scared the rest of the shoot about getting hit in the face see, with one of those muffins. See, I, I thought watching it, I thought he, the look on your face was more like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? This is, this is, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Just about that specific shot. I never got that feeling from the rest of the movie, but that shot, I looked at it and I just went, Billy fucking hates his life right now. I mean, I'm not going to deny it, but... <laughs> Yeah, it was it was for multiple reasons. Um, I also just um, that was the first time ever working with a green screen, so yep. I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> like uh, the the director was just like, "All right, do this," and I was like, "That's stupid, but okay." He's like, "No, it's gonna look great," and I said, "Okay," and then I get hit by a muffin, and I was just like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I have no comment about how it actually looked. Um, if people want to watch these, these are all on YouTube, um, correct? Uh, so the first one was uh, A Gnome Called Juan. This one is called The Fourth Teaspoon, No Spaces, all spelled out. Um, and so was this shot around Thanksgiving? I'm assuming it was. Because in uh, one I... shot at the very end, in the back, there are two little turkeys. Huh. Uh, what, a, what a question, Dwight. <laughs> what a question. These, what? This is the hard hitting journalism from No Refunds. It, it, 
it may have been, I think it was, I want to say it was late summer. So maybe it rolled into like September, October, maybe. Uh, But for the most part, I think we always, we always filmed over the summer. It was just very interesting. So was this shot like immediately after Gnome or was it like a year later? Uh, Later that year. Oh, okay. It was later that year. And so, uh, as we were saying before, with this crew, you did three things. And so, um, I, the third one is called My Girlfriend is a Vampire or I'm in Love with a Vampire. My Dream Girl. My Dream Girl is a Vampire. There we go. Um, I, I know uh, Tiffany probably hated it, but this one is my favorite. Uh, just that was because... the only one that that was the only one that was watchable. Really? I, okay. Well, I, I, I also agree with Tiffany on that one. It is okay. the only one that is watchable. Yeah, it's it's my favorite um, because of uh, the woman that was my opposite, who's right. like absolutely one of my favorite people in the world. So, oh, that's nice. Um, okay, so we, should, so we should shit talk her. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, All right, so, Dwight, what's the plot? Thank you. I was about to get to that. <laughs> so the plot of um, My Dream Girl is a Vampire is... Um, Billy plays Grant, who works at the museum, just the museum. And yeah, um, as part of his job, he has access to these old books and, you know, everything the museum has access to. And so this vampire girl, Stephanie, knows this. And so she blackmails Grant into going to his um well she says if you don't do this i will kill you um so yes she blackmails him (laughs) into going into the but i think grant's grant's got a little crush um into going into the museum and getting this ancient tome that will help her cure her vampirism and the two of them go on an adventure to help her cure her vampirism um and it, it brings them into an encounter with the one who turned stephanie at the very beginning i do not remember his name um but he uh i'm just gonna say his name was ivan and he was a chef from russia i was yep. gonna say vlad that, that i think vlad tracks i mean and i I want to say it was something even more generic, like Matt, but... Yeah, I think it was Mike. Ooh, man, I was so close. Also, isn't it vampirism? I think vampirism is the correct... correct I don't think I was saying vampirism, vampirism, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's vampirism. I've said it wrong my whole life, then. Ever since I was four. You started to say it correctly, and then you corrected yourself incorrectly. So Congratulations, um, you played yourself. My first question for you here, Billy, is uh, when Grant first arrives at the coffee shop and the person <laughs> behind the counter gives him his coffee because she knows his, his order, the usual, uh, he doesn't pay. He just walks away. Um, what yep. the fuck, man? <laughs> I, I asked about that, too, because I was <laughs> like, should I, should, I, should I pay? And uh, uh, the director was just like, no one's going to notice that. And I went, okay. <laughs> uh, we were all wrong. His name was Adam. Continue. Oh. Uh, also, I was wrong. It is vampirism. Oh. Hmm. Four-year-old Dwight really? was, was correct. I don't know. Sure. That's great. So um, <laughs> this one looked like, so you were talking about before how you got a uh, sound guy for this one, and it just seems like um, in general your equipment pool was growing um, mm-hmm. because there were several shots where it looked like the camera was either on a slider or on something that gave it some form of motion, which in my opinion really added to just the professionalism of it. Um, it looked, sure. it made the, the environment seem bigger because this was also shot in the same location, I assume, that all three of the other ones were shot in, in that coffee shop. Is that yep. the same one where you had like where the other two were shot? I assume it was a 
was a cupcake shop. A cupcake shop. Oh, that's even <laughs> yeah. better. Well, you, you got coffee, so that's why I was thinking that. Um, it's in the credits every time. Yeah. It's in the credits literally every movie. I don't know how you didn't. Uh, yeah. I don't read credits. Dwight, I don't read. Dwight picks up on a fucking Band-Aid, but can't read the big words at the end of the movie. <laughs> Touche. Um <laughs> So yeah, so that's awesome. So uh, can you say like, can you elaborate on like how the um, process changed between each three, uh, each movie? Uh, the the crew got bigger um, is really the the main thing. So we ended up with a dedicated sound guy who like really knew what he was doing and was incredible with miking and and you know keeping the air out and all that all that stuff. Um, the assistant director ended up being like kind of head of camera work and did all of the camera work. Um, uh, he helped get us, I think even a third camera for that shoot. So we had a lot more angles to work with. Um, it, it was just a lot more, uh, smooth in the development process. That being said, uh, it was a lot longer we spent a lot more time um actually filming things for this one because of all the extra pieces um and i had a an incredibly rough uh time remembering my lines in this one like i mean ridiculously hard time remembering my lines in this one so we must have done mm, 50 takes a scene just because i'd be like uh dub a dub dub uh <laughs> line yeah yeah well that, no. that, that, uh which makes sense because you know um being on the camera it's totally different i totally totally understand that but like i said i yep. could see the craft improving like even just from a standpoint of like your chemistry with the people around you like you just seemed more comfortable on camera mm -hmm. um so you shot this in the manchester public library and i've actually got a couple questions about that is that something that you had to like acquire a permit for or did you guys totally guerrilla style this and just show up i have no idea okay fair enough. <laughs> good question uh yeah i have no idea um i just showed up i have no idea <laughs> what they did um my understanding though i don't I, we did get permission to like use the coffee shop i assume we got permission to use anywhere else that we did that wasn't public access touche that makes sense um does anyone else have any questions that's really kind of um how dare you it's a good way to, to sum it up. Um, yeah. So so you said that you were having an issue uh, remembering your lines and stuff like that. Is that why you weren't brought back for Kitty, his next project that what I don't think ever actually uh, came to fruition? Because on this person's YouTube, there is a teaser trailer for it. And it has the woman who played Stephanie in it. But I noticed yep. there was a big absence of Billy. Yeah, we, we went our different ways after our separate ways after this one um there were a couple things that happened uh, on set i was struggling with lines um and uh, that was due to uh health problems that i was having at the time um but uh i also got into a pretty good fight with the uh, sound guy uh, yeah! because um at the the beginning of the process we had all worked together um, I had I hadn't worked with the sound guy before, um, but getting him to show up and and scheduling was really tough because he was a busy like 
good sound guy. Um, and uh, I had some words over text with the director and said, you know, do we need a sound guy if, if he can't be here ever? Ooh. And uh, that turned out to be a big thing. And he told me that, uh, you know, it's easy to find actors. We don't need <gasps> you. There's less of me than there are of you. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, fuck Kitty. This guy has made shit since then, so good. So, uh, oh my God. Uh, this, this is exactly what I imagined this would be. I'm, I'm biting my tongue Go, still, Tiffany, go. Is, no. This, <sighs> I, I, I'm going to give this context. Watching these movies, like, triggered me in a way that's really difficult to explain. Being a woman in a film program and having men, young men, tell you for four years that they're better than you, that everything they make is amazing, that they know how to write and shoot and edit and direct and everything's awesome and they're so great and you're shit. And then all their stuff is shit. (laughs) So like watching this, it gave me that college video vibe and it just brings me back to that time of my life where I just was basically told that I was garbage and I shouldn't be in this program. And it like seeing that type of college work, which is so funny because that's what I literally do for a job. I watch college kids movies all day, (laughs) but like seeing it just gave me this like it like brought me right back to that. And all I could hear in my head was like this pretentious dudes or group of dudes just being like, I'm so great. Look at my movie. I'm like, "Mm, but all your fundamentals are wrong. So it was very difficult for me (laughs) to to put myself in that and be unbiased. Sorry. It's okay. You're amazing. I just, I look at people's editing and I'm like, why did you choose to do that? Or why, why did you go with that shot? Or why did you get no coverage for this? Why is this just one shot for 55 seconds? Um, it just, it's things that I'm like, it just, it makes me, it makes me grumpy. As, as someone who knows literally nothing about filmmaking, I thought uh, A Gnome Called Juan was unwatchable, but I really liked uh, My Dream Girl Was a Vampire. Like, I, I, I thought it was very watchable like easy on the eyes easy on the ears and there was a like competent through line i i was very happy with it that one actually went to uh some film festivals uh and we were actually at a uh comic-con i was gonna uh, ask awesome. you if, the, if any of these made it to, to or were submitted to anything or whatnot so um that's amazing which uh that's so did you actually go get to watch it with an audience or uh yeah <laughs> Ooh, how bad was it it was i was it was lots of lots of people lots of um videos it wasn't just ours so it wasn't oh, like okay. it was that special but um i hate listening to myself uh, i agree <laughs> With um Right. So um, it was excruciating to watch myself on the screen with like a small theater full of people, but I did it. I love I'm... listening to myself. Do you? I do. I, it took me a really long time. Dwight can tell you there were times where he would play back voicemails that I had left him on speakerphone and I would flip out. But like now I do it all the time and do like radio shows and listen to it and, and edit the podcast. Like it doesn't, it doesn't bother me anymore. I'm like, yeah, that's me. I, I guess when I'm in a vacuum, I don't mind it. 
um, like when I'm at my house watching something I've done or um, like listening to the podcast. But when there's an audience watching it, that's when I'm like, like I don't want to watch myself with other people unless I'm like on um, stage. So yeah, I guess I'm, I'm the most extreme here. If I never had to hear my own voice again, I would be very happy. I hate it. I do not listen to the podcast for that exact reason. Also, I just, you know, hate the podcast on principle. <laughs> um sounds about right i hate the sound of my own voice i hate it hate it more than i hate anything ever there's a science to that i believe it there's a science i could go into it if you want what is the science tiffany the science is so when you hear yourself talk like i'm talking out loud i'm hearing my voice echoed through like all the bones in my skull basically and and your voice is going out and you're hearing your voice from inside your 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 head and when you listen to it played back you're listening to it like through your ears you're not hearing it echo through your head you're hearing it just come through the air into your ears so there's an extra layer where you're talking it's echoing in your brain and it's coming back to your ears but when you listen to it a recording it's just air ears go but but see i also hate my voice when i'm talking just Uh, like like now like i i hate i hate hearing my voice now yeah, your bones in your head are like your the, skull is like super porous. The the acoustics in your head, Alex, must just suck because the acoustics in my head are amazing <laughs> oh. because my voice sounds like butter to me, and then when I hear it back, it's like a fucking screaming weasel being killed. Ma- like I ma- hate yeah. my voice when I hear it. Imagine being your wife. Maybe the acoustics <laughs> in my head are broken because my head is empty. Ooh, that could be it. So it's just like more echoey than than a normal person's voice. I don't know how to transition out of this shit story. Um, Billy, have you ever thought of acting on camera again? I uh, yeah, I mean do? yeah. If if someone was doing a project, I'd totally be into it. Um, I don't seek it out, but guys, we should cast him in our yeah. movie. I'm, we're going to. I'm going to. Yeah, he's gonna play all the roles. He's gonna play all three of us. It'll be beautiful. I just so, want to play Tiffany. That would be amazing. Oh, that would be so good. So That'd I be so good. I think I speak for all of us when saying the ranking of these films personally goes Gnome Called One, Teaspoon, Vampire. Like they clearly got better. Um, I enjoyed Vampire. I liked it a lot. It was it was it was a very fun movie to watch. Um, I agree. I would give it an A if I were grading that. Boom! Perfect. Oh. Um. <laughs> So the cool thing about two of these, is, uh, most of them, I think, uh, has they have kind of like a, a spook, a little bit of a spooky overtone to it. Even the fourth tablespoon is like kind of like a thriller, teaspoon. like teaspoon. Thank you. Um, Tablespoon's the, too big. It's the fourth teaspoon that makes the tablespoon. Uh, I learned that from watching that that movie. Um, but they were kind of spooky. Uh, but we all also watched some other spooky movies before this, because that is some the o- whole reason that we're doing this. Some other spooky movies that may or not be better or worse than Billy's movies. <laughs> I I would argue that they were all better, but uh, I would rather. But the time investment required for at least mm. one of them is too much. That I would definitely rather watch any of Billy's short films <laughs> rather than watch. Say, I know I know which movie you're talking about. The fourth <laughs> one that we watched. Yep. Wait, the fourth one that was. Oh, sorry. The third one okay, we okay, watched. Okay. Watched them in a weird order. Yeah, uh, we did. Yeah. Well, we so 
So inside baseball, for anybody that's listening, we usually like to like alternate because the way that this kind of tradition came to be was Dwight and I kind of realized I have more experience and breadth of knowledge in terms of modern horror, whereas Dwight has more experience and breadth of knowledge in terms of classic horror. And I was looking for like I wanted to experience more of the older horror movies that I'd never seen. And Dwight was the same way, but with modern. So the first year that we did this, we got together and we were like, okay, I brought these movies and I brought these movies and we watched the movies and we were like, okay, let's record a podcast about this. So we've been trying to keep up the same kind of tradition every year, which is Dwight brings older movies. I bring newer movies. Sometimes they're movies that neither of us have seen sometimes they're just movies that were like you haven't seen this you have to see this um so usually what we do is we alternate we go new movie old movie new movie old movie or the other way around old movie new movie old movie new movie um and that's what we did this year so that's why we watched them in a what you might call a weird order billy so is that the theme then is just Couple new movies, couple old movies, and you yeah. guys brought yeah. them separately. More or yeah, less. Yeah, that's kind. Of, that's kind of what we just do every year. It's. I fun. spent way too much time trying to trying to figure out what put those four movies to, together. Well, oh. the one movie is very like the only reason we watched one movie, which we'll get to at the very end, um, is a like a three year long domino effect at this point as to how we ended up at one of these movies. Um, yep. And some of the other movies are because I don't love horror movies and I get spooked. So, like, I kind of have leached. Tiffany Tiffany muscled her way into this because it was originally just going to be me and Alex. And Tiffany was like, nope, me too. And well, I want to be part of it. Yeah, I like when we have Tiffany on these episodes. Like, I remember. Oh, clip that. (laughs) <laughs> like one of my favorite uh, ones that we did was I think the second year we did it where we watched like the gate with Tiffany yeah. and I, I think that was the first year and like we just en- I think we just ended up we watched like eight movies the first year <laughs> we watched so many movies and I think we watched like two or three with Tiffany because yep. we watched Chopping Mall with Tiffany no. oh no 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 she did she missed Chopping Mall that year yep. she watched it the next year yeah which we which we yeah. watched with Derek just like on a whim as for fun because I bought but it like, on Blu-ray we watched well, Night of the Freaks Night and of the, the Night of the Creeps Night of the Night, Night of the, of the Creeps. Creeps Night of the Creeps yes I remember I'm watching Night of the up. Creeps with Tiffany we watched The Gate with Tiffany and like I I've always enjoyed watching like getting to watch these with Tiffany is fun because they're kind of outside of her wheelhouse mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. So it's fun to get to see her reaction to these movies and then talk about it on the podcast. We also watched from beyond with her one year. I remember that. Yes. That was the same. Was the year. So year. I'm looking at this now. So episode 38 uh, is living room of horror. And it was the first year I joined and we watched um, chopping mall from beyond it. Maybe. Possibly. I think we, we talked, talked about, about Cal- it. We, we talked about Castle Rock. We talked about Haunting of Hill House. Uh, you talked about The Loved Ones, Don't Breathe, Raw, Behind the Mask. Ooh, That's a mask. lot. That was 2018. And the year before that was so Wholeheartedly Horror. And that bad. was 2017. That was Get Out, was- The Gate, Lights Out, Night of the Creeps, Conjuring, Reanimator, and Chopping Mall. Yeah. Uh, Reanimator. So, yeah. Reanimator's going to set us down this path, Billy. 
don't yep. know what we did that, last year. I don't we, think we did one last year. We didn't. No. no. The animator is the reason we all, all four of us had to watch Castle Freak this year. So fuck me, I guess. I think going back, I think I'm the reason for reanimator because I think I gave you like one or two options and you were like, why don't you pick? And I think I went with reanimator because it's well, kind of fucked up. Well, I had never seen it before, and I remember you giving me the option, and I was like, well, that is a highly regarded classic. I think the options were that or Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Sounds right. I think I think those were the two that you brought to me, and I went, I've never seen either of them. And I think you went, Reanimator is the more highly regarded one, so that was the one that we watched. And then the next year it was like, well, here's the spiritual successor to that let's watch this and then the next year you were like well there's a third one we should watch it and then we didn't watch it last year and then this year you were like well we still have this one to watch so we finally watched it i feel like we're off way off track here yeah we got lost we got lost somewhere we got lost in those weeds so (laughs) we got lost the first watched a bunch of horror movies (laughs) so the first movie that we watched was one that I have been, I was so excited for this movie because for about a year and a half now, I've heard, like, it's kind of gotten a little bit of a cult following on the internet. Um, People really talk about the ending for this movie, about how, like, it gets super fucked up and how it's, like, really socially relevant right now with the whole idea of, like, class structure and um, that type of haves and have-nots um societal structure hey there's that word society we live in a society ladies and gentlemen we watched society which is a 1991 i believe brian nope was it 89 i thought it it was 89 was it 89 castle freak might be 91 or 92 we all have we all have different years I thought it was 89. It might be 89. I think you're right. I think you're right with 89. I think it was shot in 89 and didn't come out. Castle Freak is 95. Which is insane to me. Society I I have is 89. Okay. It's 89. Okay. So Society is a a 1989 Brian Usna film. What's up? 89 released in the UK. It wasn't released in the US until 1992. Okay. So that could be why... That's yeah. That Thank could you, be Billy. why that's getting mixed so up. So eighty nine slash ninety two. So Billy go. and I were right, and Dwight was wrong. I was a happy medium. Um, <laughs> so the society is like I said, it's a Brian Usna film, which is another kind of through line that we've had for all these movies that we're talking about right here, because Brian Usna is also very well known for being a producer, and he specifically produced reanimator and from beyond um so he worked very closely with Stuart gordon and he kind of liked the same uh, tone and style that Stuart gordon went with which you can kind of see in in society so uh for those who don't know society is a movie about a boy whose name i do not remember who lives in beverly hills with his family and he billy is that's right it is billy yeah a boy named Billy uh, who lives in Beverly Hills with his family and strange things start happening. He um, has this inkling that something is off with his family. His, his sister has uh, her, her debutante coming out party that he, he's not invited to here. His sister's ex-boyfriend um, brings this recording that he, he did. He managed to sneak out of uh the the debutante ball thing um that sounds 
disgusting like his their parents are talking about really nasty stuff to do with their daughter and and the the party itself kind of devolves into just these squishing noises and it's all about um whether or not billy is basically having a mental breakdown and if the things that are going on around him are actually happening and I think we should just say this up front, spoiler alert for all of these movies, because we're just going to talk about them. Uh, yeah, shit's really going on here. And the all of the upper class in this Beverly Hills um, society are like fucking mutant alien monsters that shunt into each other and absorb people with these like massive flesh orgies. And it was weird. Yeah. Um. This movie is fucking weird, and the final act is just a weird fucking... I don't know that I'd go with body horror, because body horror is a little more uh, aggressive and kind of on the on the degree of, like, torture porn, but this is, like, this kind of falls under the same uh, umbrella of just, like, really weird practical effects that involve bodies doing things that they shouldn't so like i i compared it to the thing dwight when Mm -hmm. we were watching it i had talked about how a lot of the effects in the final act of this movie remind me of a lot of the practical effects in the thing because they were very well done they were just so fucking weird because like at one point in the final act one guy has a gigantic hand instead of a head and um at one point in the final act some somebody is just legs and a face where the butt should be and it's just really weird and i don't understand it and i understood like the themes of the overall movie but i didn't understand why it needed to get that weird and graphic in its final act it just it felt like an escalation that didn't have the payoff that I wanted it to have. Like if it were escalating to something like that in like a get out sort of sense where get out had a really great escalation and a really great, great payoff to that escalation. This one had a really great escalation and then no payoff to the escalation. So it felt uh, unsatisfying. Billy, what did you think of uh, Society that we made you watch? Um, well, I actually, I, I agree a lot with Alex on this. Um, like, reading the, like, uh, excerpt about what this movie was going to be about, I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. This sounds like it could be a really cool idea. And through the first half to maybe three quarters of the movie, I was like, I'm really interested to know where this is going. Like, what's going to happen and then it got to that last act, and I was just like, "Well, this is trash. I don't, I don't understand what I'm watching or why I'm watching." It seemed like the body morphing and stuff had absolutely no like rhyme or reason to it. Like at first, they were just like you know morphing faces so that they could shunt and like you know kind of absorbing the guy or whatever and then it turned into you know living legs and faces and vaginas and heads and butts and i was just like why 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 are we doing this why is there 15 20 30 minutes of this 
let's just end the movie. Can we can we have some kind of closure or or not? Give me a the end question mark and just let it let it lie. Didn't get any of that. It just had this weird like hollow ending, which which I don't want to get into the ending too much, but I had a huge problem with the ending. It was so abrupt. Like it was just like, by the way, the movie's over. Um, that was my one of my issues with the ending. Also, like this movie, I liked the like I don't know. I was so excited for it, and I feel like I like the idea better than I liked the execution. And I, I can't yep. tell if it's just a product of its time when like it was made in '89 when like horror movies like this didn't have the nuance or the um you know like the style of a Get Out or something like that. Because if this was made now like if jordan peele made this movie now it would be like he i I feel like he would knock it out of the park like it would right. be like really really like biting satire or just a biting commentary a lot of it was just like really on the nose and um i don't know I, the the effects were fine but it, it felt like the person who brian Usna who, who came up with this was like i want to see just a mass of flesh together and didn't really care how they got to that but like mm-hmm. so this feels like two just separate movies for me um because i really like the the first part as well but the and I, I i don't dislike the ending part i was just kind of disappointed with it i thought it was going to be a lot more weird and shocking and more fucked up than it was um yeah. and like the character of billy also like after he goes to the hospital i'm i had a really hard time reading his motivations and just why he was doing the things that he was doing cuz like he wakes right. up in the hospital and he just like leaves and he's like i'm going to my house and it's like why he felt like why? a completely different person and that was like the only moment when i was like oh you're just like that was the bridge between the two movies because they did not care how they got to that final act they just wanted to get to that final act and yeah. it was frustrating it it felt like it, it was supposed to be playing up like he had some sort of mental break and he was just fucking done, but that didn't really hold up for, for more than like two minutes. It was just like, that was their way of him be, getting him home. And then it was just like, no, that didn't happen. Question mark. I was also very confused ab- about that, uh, but it was a movie. It had motion pictures. I, I'm I just didn't like watch well, it. Yeah, I went to Target instead. Well, you didn't want to oh. watch it because you thought that it was going to be too intense. Because, like I said, I had heard a lot, and like this movie was like kind of built up for me, and it just I don't know. It wasn't as good as I was hoping it was going to be. It, it made me made me sad. Made me sad. Uh, I'd give it a solid three out of five head vaginas. There's going to be a theme here tonight. <laughs> uh yeah i don't know it was just it was just a rough one for me unfortunately and I don't, I don't really have that much to say about it like it's just one of those things where like i've heard like i said i'd heard a lot about it and it's just like eh. what's up billy so uh, one of the problems that i had with the character and uh, this is just my own maybe confusion or biased about the time i don't know but billy as a character in his school was a highly popular high school quarterback like going to be student body president like heartthrob who gets beaten up by the the socialite nerds and like is is getting and like his best friends are like kind of the the geekiest people in that school like i just i just found it so 
weird and confusing the social dynamics of that character and how it played out with the rest of his family, the high school, who were like half and half mutants. Like they never clearly define. It it was clearly a comment on societal norms and the pressures from your parents to be a person that they want you to be but when deep down you are that inner nerd obviously i mean obviously how did did you not pick up on that i can't tell Uh, if you're being a dick because i think that's true (laughs) i think that i I think i think that's what they wanted you to get but i don't think that came across Mm. i I, know because i agree with what billy's saying but i'm i'm trying to be a dick like somebody that that would probably call this a perfect movie and be like, well, why didn't you pick up on this? Well, maybe because it wasn't well, like it wasn't a well-made point in your weird fucking movie. It's hard to take serious points like that home when you have face vaginas and butt heads. Right. When, (laughs) when you have this weird incestual plot that like is dropped right at the beginning, it's just like, yeah, I think my my sister's fucking my parents. And you're just like, um, oh, what? Uh, and like the moment that the word incest is dropped, which was pretty early in the movie, I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? And it made it hard to focus on any sort of nuance like what Billy was just talking about. Um, I, f- I wonder if this movie would gain any value on rewatch or gain any value from some sort of like director's cut or extended cut i wonder what was left on the cutting room floor that would have fleshed out some of these interesting topics that were like we're interested in in like in the um like social dynamic of billy but at the same time i think i never want to watch this movie again and I'm glad to have seen it, but I I have no interest in ever seeing it again. I guess I would have liked there to have been there to have been more like crystallized, defined like he is not in the popular crowd. He is not. He is on yep. the outs because like the only time that we kind of get that is at the very beginning when he's talking with his girlfriend, who like I don't know, she looked like she was in the popular crowd to me just because you know she was like they didn't do anything to make her look like she would not have been a popular person because she was you know stunningly beautiful and all that type of stuff but like then he goes over to the popular kids to try and get invited to a party but the person who's there hanging out with them is like the nerd that he's running against and it's like how is that kid a part of the popular group obviously we find out later it's because he's one of the mutiny things but like it, he did not read as a popular person. So like the whole like social structure or the whole like uh, cool, not cool structure did not read to me at all. And like, yeah. it just was very strange. And like, then you get the whole, like him following that, the nerdy kid. And then he finds the nerd kid killed. And then like, are the police in on it? Are they not in on it? It's just like, so, and I guess that's not a bad commentary like you know the police being bought off by the rich people and the rich people that can get away with that type of stuff but like none of that really landed i feel like they didn't go as far enough with it as they could have it just yeah i am much more interested in this movie as a like psychological thriller directed by like alfred hitchcock like 
get rid of the weird like the only real horror part of this movie i'm putting that in air quotes is like the final act where there's the weird shunting and people absorbing other people the rest of it is kind of just like psychological thriller and i'm much more interested in that and i wanted more of that and i think it would have been like a great like hitchcockian movie if it was just like oh is this guy crazy is this guy cool is he not like what's going on and i would have totally i would have been like this is a perfect movie if we had gotten that but we didn't yeah i wish i had more to say about it but that's really it well speaking of orgies you talked about it for an awfully long time (laughs) sorry well i i think there's a lot to talk about for that movie which is why like i wanted to do it first so that way we can get right into the the bulk of our movie watching career which was we watched two movies not back to back i think billy might have watched them back to back uh which was i took a shot in the dark thinking i think tiffany will like this movie and i i think it's a good movie i i honestly really liked it and i was like this is a movie that i think tiffany will like so i i catered this pick to tiffany thinking if i want to have a movie that tiffany will stick around for this is it so i picked the babysitter which came out in a year i think it was 2017 i want to say 2017 maybe 18 uh, and it is not actually about an orgy but they do mention orgies in it which is why it was great to come (laughs) right after society we watched society and then this movie starts and they're like oh she's probably having an orgy and i was like oh orgies that's our theme for tonight which it wasn't um so (laughs) the babysitter was a 2017 movie directed by mick g uh starring samara weaving and some younger guy don't know his name sorry judda lewis i think or judah lewis um i love when dwight reads stuff and it is the story of a kid that wants to know what his babysitter gets up to while he's sleeping that's pretty much the the general concept for the movie and then there is a horror spin on it which like normally you would think what is the babysitter up to while i'm sleeping oh maybe her boyfriend's coming over and they're making out on the couch which is kind of the joke that's made at the beginning and then it turns into a human sacrifice and (laughs) there's some fucked up shit going on and it's a horror comedy i would say would be the genre i would drop it into it is over the top kind of schlocky kind of poking fun at like 80 schlocky kind of horror um in a really fun way that i personally really enjoyed which was why i brought it up when we were talking about movies for this year and we ended up watching that and spoiler alert we watched the sequel which we will get to but uh what did everybody else think Tiffany, you haven't gotten to talk yet. Um, do you want me to talk about just the first one or like them together as a pair? I feel like just the first one to start and then we can shift into okay. the second one. Um, the thing I have, I'm just looking through the Wikipedia page right now. Um, the thing that makes the first movie good and, and fun is like the first, like, 
few scenes of that movie take this like such great care at setting up characters and their relationships to each other specifically main character boy and babysitter girl i don't know people's names either i know um, her name is b b I oh I yeah i don't remember his name it was, uh, it's Cole? It was B and C. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it begins with a C. Cole sounds right. Yeah. Cole. Yeah. Uh, B and Cole. Um, but it was something that hooked me in right away. And I was like, okay, I'm along for this ride because usually, I mean, you have the whole McG thing and I don't know a ton about McG, but I know enough to know that like probably shouldn't expect anything like fantastic in terms of like character development but I loved like the first few scenes we have these these characters, their relationship to e- each other. And then it makes the rest of the movie make sense. And it gives it stakes and it gives it like a purpose. It's not just, um, for example, Dwight and I were talking about, I was talking about Friday the 13th last night. And I'm like, these movies just exist for Jason to go kill people. And like, you don't care about the people involved. You don't care about anything. You're just like, I just want to watch the people like get murdered. But in this movie, I'm like, okay, I actually care like about these two people, these two characters. And then I'm really sad when like, you know, we find out that she's part of this like satanic cult and like have Cole having to deal with that, like this person that he loves and trusts and has a huge crush on. Um, like dealing with that aspect of it in addition to like all the crazy just blood and guts and whatever the thing i didn't like about this movie is that it felt um and Dwight, i'm sure you'll speak to this too but it felt like an early 2000s horror movie like it was just like super li- overly lit and the characters felt like the other like secondary characters secondary main characters felt like caricatures of like these early 2000s people with no substance so it was like this weird jarring thing where I'm like you took all this time at the beginning to set this up and the rest of this is like eh I don't but it but it worked I don't know it it worked it was funny like I I liked it overall like I had issues with it but it was like enjoyable to watch it was fun to watch I really enjoyed when Tiffany was watching the movie and she just shouts out, I hate that he's not wearing a shirt. Like, there's there's one guy in the movie that he takes off his shirt pretty early in the movie and then just never puts on a shirt. And that's his thing. And then, spoiler alert, in the second movie, he's never wearing a shirt. And Tiffany was so upset that he's never wearing a shirt. And I was so on board for it. It's not because I didn't want to look at it because he's a very attractive man, but it's just like it instead of it feeling like they were making fun of that trope, it just felt like they were just perpetuating that trope further. Um, The other thing that really bothered me is that they have a character who is black and like portrays that very stereotypical like person of color you would see in an early 2000s, like think like Wayans Brothers, like overly over the top and I was like really like this we don't you don't need to do that like that's not Mm -hmm. funny and it doesn't portray those people in the best light I'm like that's obnoxious too so like they did such a good job like spinning some tropes but then just like giving in to others that like didn't it didn't land if they were trying to make fun of them and they felt like they were just lazy 
don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. It does. Billy, what did you think of this movie? Uh, so I agree with Tiffany I and Alex. I, I enjoyed this movie. I was surprised to enjoy this movie, uh, especially after the first one we watched. And having them mention orgies so early in it, I was just like, oh, no. Oh, no. Dwight, what did especially you do? Knowing, knowing that Billy didn't know that there or like Billy assumed that there was a theme. But Billy assumed that we had thought through or, you know. Billy it puts too much faith in us. So, like, I, I like the idea of Billy watching this and going, holy fuck, am I just going to have to watch a bunch of movies about orgies? <laughs> like, orgy killing? That's I was just like, oh, boy. And this one, like, was setting up to not be a, a good one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, but I ended up liking the character, just like Tiffany, like, the relationship with B and C. Like, I just thought that was so good, the way they built it up at the beginning, and I was devastated when you know she was a quote-unquote bad apple um the the like sub characters not having substance to their their character didn't bother me at all because mm -hmm. i just viewed them as fodder which is what they they really were so i didn't really care what their motivation was i just wanted to see them you know explode and you know explode again and uh so that didn't bother me although i do agree with your your point on the the unfortunately the, the black trope that they had in this one which yeah. i also noticed and went man i thought you you did really well with some of the other stuff but this one is like right down like you said that same alley where you you could have taken the high road but um overall I, I like really enjoyed it and like I was at the end you know I'm, I'm actually like watching it and like cheered at the, the the kiss and like I was just like I was like yeah all right I, I can get down for this and I had I had high hopes going into the the next two movies so well oh, oh poor Billy little Billy, Billy. For you. now, now Dwight I um I wanted I don't want to step on your toes because you're the one that made the point when we first watched the movie what did you say about the shirtless guy that I 100% agree with that I wanted to? Okay. You're not going to remember. I, I don't, I don't remember. So I really liked the shirtless guy and Dwight verbalized why I liked him mm -hmm. because he was always rooting for Cole. Oh and yeah. I, oh, I was going to mention that. that. Yes. I loved that about his character. Like not just in the first one. Once again, I'm kind of spilling over into the second one, but that was always a part of his character. Yep. He wanted, he, he wanted to kill. That was really his whole thing, but he also really wanted Cole to like, sack up is really yeah. like what it comes down to he wanted him to stand up for himself and to to like have confidence and to be his own person and it was so fun seeing that like dichotomy like the sociopathic killer with the motivational like mm -hmm. like mentor and seeing that like mishmash in that character i think is why i loved him like i i felt like he was of the secondary characters, the most, the most, I don't want to say three dimensional, but the most, um, he had the most depth. Like, 
he had the most depth. There we go. Yep. Um, I, I, I 100% agree with that. I was going to bring that up. I just didn't realize that that's what you were getting at there. Yeah. I, sorry, I, 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 no, 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 don't be. I, I absolutely loved how he was like constantly in Cole's corner in a weird way. It was like, I have to kill you, but let's go have some fun and let me like try to give you a little bit of like motivation or a little bit of a push, which I really, really enjoyed. And I almost wish that Cole had, he kind of have, has moments like that with the other people, but not really like, um, with, uh, uh, fuck. I don't remember her name. Bella, Bella Thorne, Bella Thorne, um, Bella with Bella Thorne. Like, um, he has like this moment with her when he's talking with her at the end where she's like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. He's like, you can do what you want. Like he almost like gets her to his side. And then I wish that he had moments like that with the other killers as well, just to kind of like flesh them out some more and give them a little bit more depth. But um, this movie in general, I feel, is a lot... We've been talking about Mick G. It's just style over substance for the majority of it. Um, you have those little brief like B and C at the beginning and B and C at the end. And then in the middle, it's just like weird uses of like text popping up. And, That's what I was going to say. And like strange and um, like, like video game bar things and... It just didn't really land. It almost felt like it was trying to be like Scott Pilgrim me yeah. without actually like having the the world of Scott Pilgrim because like in Scott Pilgrim it's basically a video game anyways whereas this it just was for the audience's effect. Um whereas in like Scott Pilgrim it feels like that's like integrated into their world cuz like he physically gets a one up and blah blah blah. Yeah. It just didn't I don't know. It just felt like they were doing it just to do it and it wasn't it wasn't saying anything about like the tone or the story. It was just a stylistic thing that was distracting. And almost if they had like stripped that away and just made it more eighties style, I feel like then it could have been a stronger movie. I still enjoyed it for the most part. It had some fun little kills, good little bits of gore, which always gets me going. I enjoy that. And I, like I said, the, the core of the movie, which is B and C, was really, really nice. And like, even when she is doing terrible things, like drugging him or taking his blood and like hiding in his room type of deal, like the only reason she is able to like manipulate him so well is because she knows him so well. And there is that like, you can feel like there's a mutual respect between the two of them, like that goes beyond the fact that she chose him as part of their sacrifice, even though she wasn't going to actually sacrifice him. It was only once he found out it was, it was a very good movie. I I just learned something about Mick G on Wikipedia. Is it that he directed oh, yeah. Charlie's I learned Angels? Two things. Two, th- I learned two things about Mick G. One, his name is Joe. <laughs> and Mick G is a nickname because his, his middle name is McGinty. Okay. Oh, okay. That works. But did you know that Mick G uh, started a band with Mark McGrath. Who? Well, <laughs> that, what? <laughs> Sugar Ray? Let me read this verbatim from Wikipedia. Mick, Mick G um, attended Corona Del Mar High School where he met Mark McGrath. Initially, he wanted to become the lead singer of a band that he formed with McGrath. However, failed as a frontman and persuaded McGrath to take over. Uh, and then worked behind the scenes as a producer and marketer for the band until he was 22. And that band was Sugar Ray. <laughs> wow. McGee was in the original Sugar Ray lineup. Yep. The more you know. 
Um, he just well, wants to fly. Because I know he away. got his, his start doing music videos. Um, but anyway. But that's, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. But, but like that? I was saying, so I, I overall really enjoyed The Babysitter. I thought it was a very good movie. Unlike the sequel, Babysitter 2, Killer Queen. Right. This movie, you, it was very clear that like Babysitter 1 was very popular. People really enjoyed it. And so, boom, we have to make another one. And it's almost like they cherry picked the things that they thought people loved about the first one and just mm-hmm. expanded on them and blew them up. But it does not work for the movie's uh credit like or for right. the movies um not detriment what's the opposite of a detriment fuck in the movie's favor An- there we go anti-detriment yeah <laughs> it does not work for the <laughs> anti-detriment of the movie um <laughs> this this movie it, it almost like spits on the first movie in a lot of ways yeah. uh that yep. i did not like um yep. So there's a side character in the first movie that Billy kind of alluded to that is Cole's neighbor, um, who is also Cole's age. And so she and Cole have a really cute little friendship. And that's the person that Cole kind of runs to at one point in his Halloween moment when he goes across the street to try and get help. And um, he he meets his neighbor girl uh, and she like gives Cole a little pep talk. They they share a little smooch smooch in uh in her bathroom. And then Cole goes out and he's he's renewed and reinvigorated. And uh she's also in the second movie. And I didn't like that. <laughs> didn't like what they did with her. I um, mean I liked that she was in the second movie. I didn't like what they did with her. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I like it in theory. So she becomes the new B basically. Like she yep. finds the book, the devil's book that they she says that she wrote her name in it, which indicates to me that either she found it after the first movie or she went over to the house and saw it in the first movie. I couldn't, that wasn't clear. Um, but it was just like, so she's now the bad guy with her new group of friends and they end up summoning back to life. The four of the original five from the first movie. Um, cause I guess B never technically died in the first movie or did she, I don't know. Um, Samara Weaving is barely in the sequel. Uh, yep. It's just not that great. Yeah, I I think my issue with the sequel, as uh, like on the whole, like you said, it kind of spits on the original while also just trying to be a carbon copy of the original. It's yeah. just like it it played to the exact same formula as the original. And didn't really spice it up in any sort of fun and original way. It was just, they just went, this worked once, let's do it again. And it felt uh, disingenuous isn't the right word, but like, like a cash grab. It just felt like, oh, we don't really have an idea, but we could make money doing this, I guess. So they just kind of did it without putting any kind of thought or heart into it at all it just felt soulless um i wouldn't say it was a terrible movie i i would say it was a less than mediocre movie um i wouldn't say it was a terrible movie but i wouldn't say it was a movie that i want to watch like many times it it might be something that i throw on as like background material in the month of October, if I've watched the first one recently, it might be just like, there's oh, a, it's, oct- 
it's October. I'm I'm like cleaning my room. I'll throw on the second babysitter because I watched the first one last week. There's a lot of criteria before you rewatch this movie that has to be yep. met. Yep, yep. <laughs> because it's just like it's forgettable and it's just like it's inferior in every way to the original. So why not just watch the babysitter? Billy, what did you think of uh, Babysitter 2? Uh, so I, I think I liked it better than all of you is my guess, but that's not saying that I liked it because I didn't, I didn't like it. It just, I had, I had mi- very mixed feelings. So um, I agree with basically everything that you guys said, uh, especially about the, the neighbor character and the absolute disheartening sacrilegious killing of that relationship, yeah. the absolute bit in the face i hated that so much and i was so disappointed by it um i thought one of the biggest problems with it was the location i just didn't think that outside darkness location gave anyone any help in any look in any in any way at all like it was just boring it was like dry dirt and water for the entire movie dry dirt and water entire movie like my love life yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm i'm very confused i'm just uh, i just like <laughs> dwight just leaves what is what is dry <laughs> dry dirt and water that's like my love life what does that mean i don't know it was nonsensical and i love to make fun of dwight anytime that i possibly can i i feel like that might be some sort of like enema reference i don't but, know but, but that's about as close as i can come I, to i don't know <laughs> Fuck maybe i'm in, uh, am I, I, this too gross you can cut this maybe i'm the dry dirt and dwight's the water <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe Oh, yeah, Dwight's confused. I'm confused. We're all confused. End of podcast. <laughs> We're done with the podcast forever. Bill, you have a very good point, though. The setting does not lend anything to this movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't do it doesn't do any favors in, in any way. And uh, the addition of the new characters, like they might as well have just had the old ones come back and just do it with them. That's like exactly the new characters, the new characters did nothing. Exactly. That being said, I loved the new girl. Like I thought she was really cool. Again, I really liked her relationship with B. <laughs> and I liked that whole like that whole subplot that you don't get into until like close to the end. Yep. And I think that was what redeemed it for me was having that come back and then having it so close to the end that I, that's what I remember from it. But again, I'm not watching this movie ever again, probably. I'm not even putting it on in the background. Like, I'll watch The Babysitter one tomorrow. I'm never watching this one again. Yeah. It was weird for The Babysitter because they shot it in 2015 and it didn't come out until 2017, which is part of the, I think, the disconnect for the second one because he's like a thousand years older. Um, Tiffany, what do you think about this one? I don't know if you, I don't think you've talked yet. I haven't talked. It's the same. Like, why did you introduce all these new characters that were totally pointless? I just didn't like how it just felt so sloppy. 
like the entire time I was like okay now we're here and now we're here and now we have this new girl who's coming to school and she probably killed her parents and it just like it didn't the time that they took in the first movie to like kind of pace out a little bit they just were like and here's here's a plot point here's a plot point here's a plot point here's a plot point and now we're at the end and now there's and now like they never explained how people come back they never explained how the cult works like i i want give me like a little bit more of that so like i give a shit or like it feels like there's stakes like they i think it's like a throwaway line like oh man like if we don't do this like we'll have to do another two years of and i'm like explain to me how this works just like a little bit more than that so I care because I don't actually care. Yeah. It just, yeah. I don't know. It, it was off. I didn't care about the, the, the end twist with the car accident thing. And the, I, I don't, this was just like a hot mess, hot mess express. Yeah. The, the, the rules were not explained at yeah. all in this. Like um, there's that one point when the, the two, like they, they say the whole time, like the, if this isn't done by morning, by sunrise, by sunrise, by sunrise, it will fail. And there's one point when like the two friends who are, they're just kind of like, nah, I don't think we're going to do this anymore. And like they immediately blow up. It's like, why did they immediately blow up there? Like just because they said they weren't going to, the other people literally died. Like they got all got murdered again yeah. and then they still came back to life to fulfill this thing even though they had failed like why are they uh, able to do that like what is going on why does mike and b walk out of a lake and be completely dry and like be submerged in a lake forever like does she have magic powers does did she die in the first one is she like them now like it's so confusing and weird um it was just a fucking mess. And like I was talking about earlier about the style over substance. It's almost like they forgot that they had their style over substance again in this one. And like mm-hmm. they slapped in two little sequences with like o- weird overlay things yep. like uh, everyone's on some drugs. And then there's that weird dumb as fucking shit fight scene fight in the middle scene. with uh, health bars that came up and the frame rate dropped to three it was like what is going on and like is this supposed to be a joke is it funny because it's not funny at all um but i I 100 agree with what billy said i adored um the new girl i loved her relationship with cole i thought it was really sweet i thought the way they defeated the bad guys was a really it was a clever way until b comes out and's like yeah i planned that the whole time it's like that cup fuck you no come on bullshit but it was like a cute like i thought it was just a cute little accident like oh shit he's not innocent anymore so we're all screwed i really liked that ending i thought that until b showed up that was perfect or until b revealed but i did like the b i like the idea of b having been the other girl's babysitter like because that adds even more layers like how many kids has b done this to how long has she been around even though like you find out that she was doing it to be nice to the girl before because she didn't mean to kill their parents. Not enough Samara weaving in this movie. Not enough Samara there's, weaving. There's never enough Samara weaving. Not enough plot in this movie. And then you get like these like little flashbacks of like what the original bad guys were yeah. doing before they yeah. came in. And they like they're like 15 second long scenes that are not funny. 
Um, and, and they're there for literally no fucking reason. It's just, it's so dumb. Like you could have used that time to like flesh them out and give them more motivation. But like some of them are just as literally, like literally as short as like, Hey, do you want to kill people? Yes, I do. And like, that's it. It's mm, frustrating. Um, speaking of frustrating movies, really, you're going to get, you're going to out on that. <laughs> wow yeah that's like i don't have much to say i i mean i don't really have anything more to say about the babysitter killer queen it it was either 10 out of 10 perfect movie it was a movie it was fine um most i I bet none of us will ever watch it again i'm probably the most likely to watch it again and i didn't even like it the most yeah it's very fair um so we kind of went over this at the beginning of of the the show that a couple years ago, we watched Reanimator, and Reanimator was directed by Stuart Gordon, and it starred uh, Jeffrey Combs and Alex's favorite '80s actress uh, Barbara Crampton. Um, I assume uh, that's based on everything I've heard Alex ever say. Barbara Crampton is his favorite. Um, sure. And yep. so, because we had well, we had watched. Oh, now the chain of events for this is actually fantastic. So we watched that. Like uh, Alex already explained how he you know, he picked out the Reanimator movie, and then it was like, oh, what else has Barbara Crampton been in? And so we watched Chopping Mall after that. And then I in in the downtime between the years, I was looking up you know other things that these actors had done, and they were in a movie together, uh, directed by Stuart Gordon, starring Jeffrey Combs and uh, Barbara Crampton, which was From Beyond, which we have also already talked on here, and. The three of them reunited one final time in 1995, pin, uh, in 1995 to film one last magnum opus called Castle Freak. Holy shit, this is a movie. Which, which uh, we didn't mention is a direct-to-DVD release. Yes, an Anchor Bay direct-to-DVD release, 1995, also based on an H.P. Lovecraft story. Billy, why is Castle Freak the best 90s movie of all time? First of all, what's the plot of this movie? I that's a good question. I watched it and I couldn't tell you. <laughs> okay, I, I will I will do the plot. <laughs> yes. Uh, American guy inherits Italian castle due to the death of relative that is unknown, some kind of duchess or something. He goes to said castle and says, I don't want this castle. Let's sell it. And is told, you can't sell it until you inventory everything that's inside of it. Meanwhile, he's a recovering alcoholic and his wife hates him because while he was drunk, he got into a car accident that killed their son and blinded their daughter. They have a a older teenage daughter who is blind who he constantly just lets wander around because he is too infatuated with everything else in his life to pay attention to her. Meanwhile, the mom is like over attentive and she hates it. (laughs) Meanwhile, unbeknownst to apparently anyone, there has been this child of said Duchess living in the basement of the castle who has been beaten and tortured for his whole life. And somehow, unable to escape at any other point in his life, escapes while the blind girl is wandering blindly through the castle and starts killing people, eating cats, and 
uh, the end. Se- severe trigger warning going forward. I am oh, not. I am. Yeah. I am honestly not joking. The rest of this movie gets really messed up. Um, if this yeah. is where you check out from our show, uh, we totally understand. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, what will be discussed watching. is uh, listening. Don't watch this. Uh, what will don't we? What will we don't watch Castle Freak. Don't what will we be discussed movie. is uh, sexual assault and uh, genitals. Um, <laughs> that's really. I think it. Yeah. So yeah. like. When when we started watching this movie, or not when we started watching this movie, we had no fucking idea what to expect when we started this movie. Even even Dwight didn't know what to expect. I when hadn't we watched were... any of these movies. I should have known better. Usually I will not watch a horror movie unless somebody has watched it first. So I know what's going to happen, and I can did be you warned. This? I did. Yeah. I uh... did. I mostly feel bad for the fact that Tiffany watched it. I, I did watch this movie. So so we had no idea what to expect. And as the um, events of the movie un- started to unfold, like right around the scene where you see the freak, um, the castle freak, um, walk into the blind girl's room like the first night and she like hears a noise. I started to get the feelings, feeling that he was going to sexually assault her specifically mm-hmm. and i was and i was really worried and i was like oh man that's gonna be fucked up and then later in the movie uh dad gets really drunk brings home a prostitute cool and we see from the castle freaks pov v, him watch them engage in sexual activity together and i go oh my god he's going to see this mm. and do this to the girl and I was so worried. And then it it wasn't quite what I was expecting, but it was way worse because he then grabs the prostitute and... The castle freak does. The castle freak does. And not knowing how something like cunnilingus works literally starts eating her vagina. It was it, the most horrifying thing I've ever watched. It was one of the hardest things I've ever had to watch on film. It was brutally, like, graphic. It was horrible. He ate her nipple, which was fucked up. And, like, through it all, I was, like, every, every like, couple cuts i was just like oh she's dead now she's dead now but she kept moving and i think that's what really got me is that she lived through pretty much all of this and didn't die until way later and i was like what the fuck is happening and like i understand the point they were trying to get across but i don't know why they did it in such a horrific way like i understand it's a horror movie but like that was over the top even from my perspective like this is basically torture porn um and i was not on board for it that being said like like i was saying earlier like right just that um, jeez i i did like the themes it was trying to explore in like um adult adolescence and not learning things as a child and that or or as like growing up not learning things and then uh exhibiting adolescent behaviors as an adult to a certain degree i liked that kind of idea but it was not explored in a way that i 
enjoyed in any way. I did not really enjoy the dynamic between the uh, parents in this movie. The teenager was fine. It was just, it was a movie. Like, I, this is the movie that I have the least to say about other than to say, don't watch it. Like, I, I feel bad for having Billy on this episode for having told him to watch it. What the fuck, Dwight? Why would you make I'm just kidding. Please don't blame me for this. I did not know what was going to happen. I know you didn't know. I just, it's just, that was, it was just fun. Like, as horrifying as this movie was, like, it was also, like, I hate to say, like, it was fun to watch it, like, with the three of us, because it was just like, what are we watching? Absolutely. And that took away... For me, like, I've talked about this before, but I don't do well with horror movies. I don't do well with with sexual assault and, and, and those types of themes. This one didn't, it, it was, I don't know if it's just because of the time it was made or if we were watching it all together and I could kind of be like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? So it didn't like trigger me, trigger me. Like I, it was horrifying, but it was like, at least it was like, the experience of watching it was just like weird. What is this ridiculous thing? It was like when we watched From Beyond. It was just like, what the fuck are we watching? Somebody made this. Somebody put this in a script and goes and went, yeah, this is this is the this is the idea, guys. This is the scene. This is gonna be great. What? <laughs> so I didn't get the chance i didn't watch this with anyone i watched it by myself at like like one in the morning in the dark i watched this god i I was telling dwight like i watched the first half of it and i thought that i was gonna have to turn it off and watch it the next day because i was so tired it was so boring yeah yeah and then then the shit started to happen (laughs) and i was horrified sitting there in the dark (sighs) watching it on my couch by myself just like I couldn't I I was just like I guess I well I guess it's not orgies um (laughs) and I I think that the the actress that played the daughter did a fine job but the fact that this character was in the story and was used the way that she was yeah 100% inappropriate and yeah. I was so uncomfortable with everything that happened and like you Alex I had the same thought when the castle freak was first in a room I was like I don't I don't want to watch this happen yep 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 and Annie, yeah yeah and even as far as it did get, I was just like, I'm not okay with this. I'm not yeah. okay with this movie. I'm not okay with any of this. And the thing at the, after everything was said and done, the thing is the story that they were trying to tell, I thought was interesting. Yep. Presented poorly. Yeah. And <laughs> using plot devices that I think just should be off limits. Yep. The story that they're trying to portray could have been interesting although fucking boring. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely was boring, except for the horrible, horrible portions. And like some of the, one of the biggest issues I have with this movie outside of the obvious sexual assault is like the ending redemption for the Jeffrey Combs character is Mm -hmm. always like, anytime there's a redemption of that nature in a movie like this, it's always fucking bullshit. Cause it's like, Mm -hmm. he was a terrible person. He did not deserve this 
this sweet, tender moment with his wife whom he's cheated on and accidentally killed one of their kids due to his fucking drunk driving and like permanently disabled the other one. He has, he is like irrehensible. He is a horrible person and should not have any sort of sympathy. And then at the end, like they're treating his death like this tender moment that he sacrificed himself for this family. Fuck him. Um, He's, he's a garbage human being. Um, Mm -hmm. He's, the castle freak is arguably a better person than him because at least the castle freak didn't know what he was fucking doing. Um, ooh, ooh. Who was the real oh, castle agree. freak in the movie? Ooh. Who, who is oh, the I, real monster? I like that, and I did not think of that. Yeah, I so, so like that. I, I have an issue when characters that should not have redemption get redemption in that way because it's you know it, it feels unearned and it, it feels scummy and very of the time, um, like very prior to you know woke culture i guess i can call it like the um, man comes in and saves the day exactly, even though like yeah. man is terrible person and yeah. you're mm-hmm. like why do i why am i celebrating him exactly like i wish barbara crampton had more agency in the end yeah uh, i wish she had more agency in this movie in general i feel like she was massively underutilized um i thought she was going to like yeah. it seemed like she was going to i really was expecting her to be the one to like step up and like kick castle freak in the the balls because he did not have a dick yeah. um there was How nothing are we not talking about that? Right. Um, yeah, his super graphic genitals? Yeah. The thing about the Barbara Crampton thing, too, that, that really pissed me off, and again is a sign of the times, is that when it came down to, like, the castle freak like going to like rape her daughter she was like oh she like started to take off her shirt and i was like this is how you're gonna come in and save the day is to show your tits like no no this no i i i love seeing barbara crampton's boobs just like any other person but that like even I was just like, mm. no, Barbara, Barbara, you no. took those away. <laughs> that is the wrong, the wrong context for that. Yeah, that is was, not okay. That is not, not a good time yeah. to use that. Period. Like, I understand. I can give this. Like, I understand. Like Alex was talking about. Like adolescent. Like you, 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 you have all of these urges, and you're like your purest form, and you don't know what you're doing, and you're acting like. A, a child then you don't have any of that knowledge like i can forgive the castle freak for being like hey i want to fuck people i want to do these things my i i feel i'm repressed but then to turn around and be like just to it's just like so much mishandling of of sex and sexuality like it's just it's just careless and it pisses me off I, I feel like with a gentler hand it might have been better like if it wasn't Stuart gordon who mm-hmm. is well known for being like a shock style person um i think it maybe could have been a better story here like you can do I... shock without making it overtly graphically sexual like that is just so irresponsible I just want to point out before we get too much in the <laughs> Castle Freak boat on this that I would completely understand that uh, train of thought if the second person that was murdered wasn't just completely murdered in cold blood. Yeah. Like, sh- th- there was just absolutely no reason for that death. And that kind of deflates, at least in my opinion, that idea that the Castle Freak is just this adolescent that doesn't understand what he's doing, acting on animal urges, because right. he just, like, goes ham and starts killing people. 
Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I don't want to defend the movie, but it's also possible. I mean, the, the the cat of nine tails was kind of a through line, and so maybe that was used on him. So it was like a oh, it definitely was. Thing. Uh, I think for for Still me, stupid. like with this movie, I look at it and I go, man, there's a really good short film mm-hmm. in, in here. Like this could have worked <gasps> really well as a short, which kind of ties back to where we started our conversation for today, Billy. Because like I think so that Castle Freak? the core <gasps> the core amazing. the core themes of this are interesting. Um, a lot of the fluff that was added, and I say fluff, and I I really don't I don't like how light that word is when I'm talking about this movie. But like filler material that was added to question mark flesh out the characters but really it was just for shock value like if you cut all that out and cut out like some of the more boring scenes there is some stuff to enjoy about this movie it just gets lost in the ridiculousness and shock of the movie that i feel like if you trimmed it you could get a nice short film about you know uh the castle freak or really about the the family drama dynamic but i I don't know this movie just didn't didn't do it for me i the further away from it i get the more i dislike it i i agree with that i i will give the movie this I saw something in this movie I have never seen before. Um, I don't <laughs> think I can say that for many of the other movies we watched tonight. Um, but Absolutely. holy shit, at what cost? <laughs> My sanity. I've never seen flesh orgies. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I saw something I'd never seen before in two of these movies. I I for for some reason for the the flesh flesh orgy scene. <laughs> That style of prosthetic, I feel like I've seen in other movies, and so it just reminded me of that type of thing. Like, um, from, it, was it like From Beyond? Because From Beyond had some kind of no, it's more no, rubbery. Okay. It, it was more like yeah. rubbery and more like stretching skin, oh, okay. looking like plastic fakeness. Um, Got it. So, yeah. <laughs> But you're the right. I've never this... seen a flesh orgy before. Touche. The Touché. name of this episode should be Flesh Orgy. I should disagree. It... No, it should not be. Absolutely not be. Uh, the name of this this episode should be Don't Watch Castle Freak. <laughs> Spooky um, Movies oh, Part Three. Oh my god! I was just looking up Castle Freak. Did you know there's a re- there's a remake slash reboot produced by Barbara Crampton that came out this year? No. What? It Why prom- did we watch that? I don't know because it was I I just looked it up it, it was it was released at like a film festival it was a Fangoria produced thing or a sponsored thing look it up I I don't know if it exists but it like it, it was a movie that was made I I watched the remastered <laughs> version did you guys I watched whatever uh, was on the Blu-ray I don't know I I think I that was the same one trans- that you watched Alex I watched the remastered version I did Okay. So then that must have been the one that I watched because I, I was just, we were one-to-one for the entire viewing. I was just curious because when I watched it, the, the very first scene was the Cat of Nine Tails scene. Did yours open on them pouring a glass of milk? Like, it, yes. no, no credits, nothing, just glass of milk or a saucer of milk being poured. Yeah, and then yep. she hits him with the Cat of Nine Tails and then dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
like what a weird what a weird thing like let me get back at my husband who left me by torturing the son we had together that he's never gonna know about because it's the 90s and we don't have phones and he's never gonna know about it what what yeah the plot was weird it was interesting. I, I don't understand. So one of the this movie was also like dirt cheap to make, and I think the only reason I was reading a thing about it, and like the only reason Stuart Gordon agreed to do it was because uh, he would have full creative control over it, and they shot it in Italy. So Stuart Gordon was a fucked up dude. Is is what this is coming down to. Yep. And I had a pin. The, sorry, go. Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, uh, the producer only agreed to produce it. If they did it in a real castle. Which is awesome. It's a cool castle. It's a neat, it is. It's a neat uh, location. Um, castle Freak was weird. And I regret making us all watch it. Even though it was all of us doing it. So It was fun. The fact that I hung in and watched three movies. That's big for me. Yeah, that's Tiffany. A big deal. Yeah, you don't usually watch more than like two at a time if you can. Nope. Nope. That's a big deal. Are you trying to figure out how big of a deal it is? Gotcha. Uh, it's so, pretty big. Yeah, my my deal is not that big. My uh, deal. I got so, a big deal. So what is everyone's ranking of the movies that we watched? Um. Okay, so do we want to all go around and say what our bottom movie is, or can we all just agree it's castle-free? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's where I've ended up. Is Castle Freak on bottom? It's either Castle Freak or Babysitter Two for me. I, I think it's Castle Freak though. For for me, the the fact that I would put on Babysitter Two again makes it not the bottom. Uh, but that's just me. So my ranking from top to bottom: Babysitter Society, Babysitter Two, Castle Freak. Same. Uh, so I would go Babysitter, Babysitter 2, Society, Castle Freak. Ooh, okay. And Tiffany, you only watched three, but I think... Uh... Babysitter, Babysitter 2, Castle Freak, although Babysitter 2 and Castle Freak are probably tied because I equally didn't enjoy them for different reasons. Ca- Castle I, Freak? I, yeah, I agree. Castle Freak has like 10 minutes of terrible, and Babysitter 2 is just wildly... Boring. unenjoyable for a lot of it <laughs> frustrating i, I mean, think i think i think babysitter 2 is more frustrating than than enjoyable i would argue that castle freak has more than 10 minutes of terrible but i understand <laughs> what you're i understand what you're trying to say yeah um so i had a little a fun little game that i wanted oh, to play there. that's right so I had a thought, and it was originally supposed to be a big segment, but I don't think we're going to do anything special with this. It's just, I had a thought the other day where I was thinking, like, the movies that we choose to watch during October are what we would call spooky movies or scary movies, but not all of them actually fall under the horror umbrella because... Spooky movies have kind of like started to bleed out into other genres. There are movies that kind of have drawn from horror themes, 
but are really just like thrillers or mystery movies. And so I, I put together a, uh, a little game that I did not put as much time into as I should have. So I'm sorry for that. Um, so there are going to be four categories. Each category has four movies in it. One of which is categorized as horror according to IMDb. So I will list the four movies. I'll give you the category title and then I will list the four movies and each of you has to pick a different movie and you're trying to pick the horror one. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you the order for each round. So I'll order I'll of our out. picking. Yes. Perfect. Because I'll, I'll have you pick in a different order each round. That way nobody has a, an advantage every time, you know? No so, looking this up, Tiffany. The first round, we'll start with the guest. I think we'll start with Billy. And then we'll go Tiffany and Dwight. Uh, so the first round is shark movies. Ooh. <laughs> the options are The Meg, Jaws, Deep Blue Sea, and Shark Tale. Billy. Okay, uh, I am going to go with Jaws. All right. Wait, I have to pick a different one? Yes, yes you have to pick a different one. So even, oh, that's, uh, mm, I'm going to say Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> and, fun. and Dwight? Uh, Shark Tale, because I know it's not the Meg. Um, wow. Or, so, if you would like to know, you all got it wrong. Oh my god! The yeah, correct answer. The correct answer is the Meg. I was gonna say it. I should have. God damn it! So I thought it was I, gonna be deep blue. I, I love that Dwight got it wrong when he was like and he was 50/50. set up to get it right. He was. Why did you pick Shark right. Tale? Because I thought it was deep blue. See, he thought he was being funny. Ah. I was being a yuckster. So, so none of you got it right. Jaws and Deep Blue Sea are both classified as thrillers. But okay. Jaws don't get the horror tag, which, like, weird. Jaws is one of those movies that scares the shit out of me mm-hmm. to this day. And I always, it's always on my, like, shortlist for movies to watch during October. So, like, that one was really interesting to me where I was just like, man. I find that very interesting because I know you're very much like Jaws is a Fourth of July movie, so why would you be a it, fucking idiot and watch it during Halloween? Because it's a Fourth of July scary, movie, man. It's right, scary. Alex. I that's how you not... watch movies. Uh, no, that's not how I watch all movies. You're getting way too aggressive. So <laughs> I would never categorize Jaws as a horror movie. I I don't I understand why it gets I, categorized as a horror movie. It's Ben like Gardner's vote. I like that Billy and I are, are agree. All right. I, the, the next category is serial killers. Ooh. So we'll go Tiffany, Dwight, Billy on this one. Okay. The options are Seven, Silence of the Lambs, American Psycho, and Psycho. Ooh, this is hard. This is hard because. One that would be categorized as horror. I feel like none of them would be, but also mm. all of them would be. Mm. I'm I'm gonna say Silence of the Lambs, even though it's not. American Sol- Psycho. 
Okay, solid. So we Psycho. have Silence of the Lambs, American Psycho, Psycho. The correct answer is Psycho. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted to say, but good job. That's what I knew. Uh, yes, all it the other ones too obvious. All, all of the other ones are thrillers. Yeah. Uh, though Seven and Silence of the Lambs, I think, had the mystery tag. So I found it, the theme in all of the movies that I picked that weren't actual horror tagged all had either thriller or mystery dropped onto them. Interesting. Which are, I guess, genres that I kind of associate with spooky season. Um, Yeah. The next next one will go Dwight, Billy, Tiffany. Uh, Apparently Uh, going first has a massive disadvantage in this game. (laughs) It's crazy. Uh, So this one is just 2019 movies. Okay. Parasite. The Lighthouse, Swallow, and Glass. Uh, which What movie is Swallow again? Swallow <laughs> is about a woman who is pregnant and finds herself drawn yes, to yes, swallowing yep. random objects. She, she gets that. Oh. Uh, there's some disease or some mental disorder where you eat. I think it's pica. Like, like pica. pica. Yeah, pica. Yeah, yeah pica. Thank you. Yep. Where you just eat random so, stuff. Um, so I'm going to say a, Swallow. Okay. Swallow. Billy? The Lighthouse. And Tiffany? I don't remember what the other two movies are. Parasite or Glass? Parasite because Glass doesn't make sense. That that uh, that was a, a solid choice. Billy <laughs> Billy wins this round. What the fuck? <laughs> so, Why? Yeah, it's The Lighthouse. Robert Eggers. Because Robert Eggers, apparently. Uh... And then for the final round, well, since, Billy won, Billy's, since Billy's winning, I'm not going to let him go first. I will <laughs> let Tiffany go first, then Dwight, then Tiffany again, then <laughs> Billy. <laughs> okay. All right. Classic sci-fi. Terminator. Jurassic Park. Terminator 2. Or The Fly. Which fly? Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Why do I want to say Jurassic Park? Because it sounds ridiculous. I'm saying Jurassic Park. Fly. And Tiffany, you get to pick again. Terminator 2, because it's ridiculous. Would have been 1 over 2. And Billy? I have never seen them, so I don't know. Billy, you, Terminator? You get stuck with Terminator. This was the most obvious category. It's the fly. Yeah. Yep. It's the fly. Um, it felt more fun to pick ridiculous things because so if I hadn't been an be... asshole, I could have tied with Billy. <laughs> yes, if you hadn't been an asshole, you could have tied with Billy. And then, so Sorry, <laughs> uh, I had a couple of other ones that I thought uh, were interesting that came up as not horror because I kind of associate them with the horror. Once again, like the spooky genre. I guess spooky is the word I'm looking for, not horror. So uh, I had movies like Black Swan, I Am Legend, Donnie, Donnie, Darko, Donnie Darko, The Sixth Sense, and Shutter Island were all movies that I was like, I would put these under the spooky category, but none of them had the horror Weird. tag to them. Not even uh, Sixth Sense? Not even Sixth Sense. That was the one that surprised me maybe the most. I saw that mystery. in theaters. Mystery. It's mystery. Mystery. So, 
Psychological I mystery. He's yeah. dead the whole time. Whoa, whoa, thought... <laughs> whoa. Spoilers. I thought this was a fun little game that was originally brought up to spark a conversation about what you define as scary or spooky, which is kind of something we talked about on the last episode because of um, Bly Manor, because we talked about how, like, it's not really scary, but it's spooky and, like, eerie. Um, that's right. So that's kind of where this game came from. And I feel like I barely scratched the surface, but I thought it was fun. And congratulations to Billy for winning. You win nothing. I would classify Dwight as not scary, but very spooky. Mm. Uh, he, he loves man. me. Well, congratulations, Billy. We'll get your prize in the mail. Um, look for it <laughs> in the next six to eight months. Um, we we really appreciated you coming on, Billy. Thank you for coming on and talking. Thank you for watching um, these <laughs> movies. Uh, you may or may not regret your decision. Um, and thank you for sharing your, your movies with us. Those are a lot of fun. Thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. I enjoy, uh, talking to you guys and, uh, uh, waka waka. Poop out my butt. Uh, I'm a big deal. I'm going to eat Alex. Okay. This uh, is, this is the visual component of the show. So thank you all very much for listening to this episode of No Refunds. Um, if you give those movies a watch, uh, send us an email at norefundspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how good or bad you thought they were. Please do not watch Castle Freak. We really do not <laughs> recommend it. I, I cannot stress that enough. Do not watch Castle yeah. Freak. Uh, uh, especially like, especially for anyone who has like... Uh, high sensitivity to that yeah. sort of that, that sort of stuff. Like I can I can understand people who are mildly desensitized to like violence and mm -hmm. like torture porn, but really I can't recommend it to anyone. But if you are interested in seeing this bit of a train wreck, know that it's not for the squeamish. Yeah, it's fucked up. Um, so you can email us no refunds podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram and uh, Facebook. And uh, thank you to the Hyper Potions for the song that you were hearing. It's called Time Trials. And we will talk to you all next time on No Refunds. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Bye. 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 I liked that say ending. Bye, Billy. Yeah, Billy didn't say bye yet. So this, this, <laughs> this, I was going to say, the show's not over. It's not over until everyone <laughs> says bye. We would have been stuck in a limbo. Bye. 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 Well, I hate listening. Billy hates listening. Billy, I hate listening. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, Billy is not a listener. Billy hates listening. That I'm on. Um, yeah. Bill, Billy, Billy, 2020. Billy, you froze again. <laughs> All we heard is that you hate listening. Yeah, you froze at, I hate listening. <laughs> and then you, like, looked like you were pondering what you were going to say next. Just looking off into the distance. <laughs>